And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. I am your host, as always, Matt McLaughlin, here with the one and only Timmy Gorman. Another week of a lot of sports going on. And the first week of the James Harden era has taken place. The Sixers are 8-3 and three in their last 11 games. Since the beard has come over to Philly, the Sixers are 4-0 and in all games that he's played. Uh, Harden missed the last two games ago against Miami. Uh, Sixers lost. Not a good sight. Um, but in the games that Harden has played, over 120 points in each game. And the Sixers are right now sitting at the number two seed, and they're only three games behind Miami for the number one seed. So, Timmy, kicking (laughs) things off here. First thoughts on the Harden era. What do we think? What are we concerned about uh, as this team approaches uh, playoff picture coming up soon? I'm being proven wrong, and this is exactly what we talked about, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks ago, because we didn't do it right after he got traded, but I said it. I was like, I want to be proven wrong. I want this to work out. I want him to come in and, you know, I want him to take the fat suit off, throw it to the sideline, do do whatever he is. He's got to have some crazy regimen, right? Where he's just like, all right, it's nuts. Time to get in shape. Like, I'm going to juice cleanse. And like, he just drops like 15 pounds in like a 10 day period. Like, it's insane how his body flow. It can't be healthy, first of all. Like, it, it can't be good at all, but still. Um, I was watching. But, I was watching the games, and I was like, "Did James Harden get lean? Did he get like so husky weird. and built? Made absolutely no sense." I agree with you. It can't be healthy, but I, um, I'm jealous of it. Right? Yeah. Trust me, I'll get way more jealous when you're my age of that. <laughs> um, but no, at that point, yeah, like it. It's like I've, you know, as you know, I've never been a big since he left OKC. Not even that. It's more towards the when he be started to grow into the superstar he is now. I never was a big fan of the game and like what he brought to the table in Houston in those prime years and you mm-hmm. know the the diving into the defender and all the shit. And then you know I the way he got traded from Houston I was never a fan of wasn't a fan of how he you know kind of tanked it in, in Brooklyn to get out of there. I guess a little bit of that was kind of undercut by the fact that we had our own you know, malcontent who wanted out in, um, and that's kind of like, which one was the, which two was worse. At least fucking Harden was out there playing, Yeah, you know, was yeah, it, yeah. was it to his fullest ability? No, but at least he was a man and going out there and playing. Whereas, you know, Ben's on the side, like, my coach said some mean things about me, so I can't play. Like fucking Eeyore. And uh, <laughs> I, so, so far, Everything looks good. Like you said, you know, let's scratch that Miami game, throw that out. I mean, the only thing not to scratch from it is how good Maxi looked again. Um, yeah. I think that's clearly been the biggest, not surprise, but like um, it's been the biggest win outside of outside of the whole offense just looking better. Yeah, I was going to say that's that been the, the biggest benefit. Just, he's at right, another just, level. He's just taking – he's just – he has taken this mid-season leap out of nowhere. And it's almost like, oh, now that he's not shouldering all that, you know, responsibility. Not that it looked like that was getting to him, but it was more so you could tell it was just he just wasn't ready to run an off an NBA offense yet for a full season plus playoffs, right? Yeah. But now he he doesn't have that weight on his shoulder all the whole time. He's got Harden to lean on for pointers. You can tell that 
James is clearly sitting down with them and like doing, he's working with them along with the coaching staff. I mean, he's got Sam Cassell, who's one of the better, you know, point guards of the last 25 years. They can teach you how to run a team properly. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been a huge benefit. Uh, I mean, on top of the fact that no matter what, everyone just loves, I mean, that, that kid was born to play in the city, right? Like yeah. if you can't, if you find a, a Sixers fan that doesn't like Maxi, uh, like, not a we, we can throw him off the Ben Franklin bridge together because <laughs> they don't, they don't, they're not yeah, a Tony Soprano fan. pull him out of the trunk and just we're literally give him cement sneakers. Like that, <laughs> that's not a real Sixers fan. If you, if someone tells me they're a Sixers fan and they don't like Maxi, they can go fuck off. Yeah. But you made a good point about, and I wanted to bring this up was the jo- Joel Embiid shooting threes. And it's been a, it's been a topic of conversation throughout Embiid's career is that he shoots too many threes and yada, yada, yada. I mean, I, so when you texted me some of those stats that you said, um, yeah, that concerns me is that he's, he's struggling from beyond the arc. He's only shooting like 33% in his last 10 games, but I mean, one for three, I'll take that. He just needs to make him consistently enough that a defense guards him. And then that stretches the floor out. And I think that's been the most concerning part of this team is when Harden isn't on the floor, the it's they get they struggle to get open looks. And so if Embiid can hit those threes just enough that the defense buys into it, that'll help them immensely. And that's why I'm on the boat for shooting threes, having allowing him to pull that trigger. But I don't I, what do you think? It's not that I'm against them. And he's he had been so much better this year. Yeah. Knowing when to take them like at the right moment. It's not, he's not just out there, and that's what I was saying. That that was that's been my point since I texted you last Saturday, because I was just kind of like, you know, and before I gave you those stats on Monday, it was just like I was like, in my head, he just kept missing him, and I'm like, has he made a fucking three since the, the Timberwolves game? And yeah. when I did the research, what was it? He was three for eighteen since the the first Knicks game, go and up until la- up until the game Monday. So yeah, both Some teams versus the Knicks. Lines. Game against the Cavs, the Heat, and who play on Monday? Bulls. The Bulls. So in the last five games, he's three for eighteen from three, and he and in those five, he technically only that's the three he made are only in two different games. The, the other he the, the the middle three games he was like zero for thirteen. Yeah, it's uh, that's oh boy. That's because yeah, he was he was one for three. He was one for three, and two or something like it was something weird like that. So like I forget. He was dating back to the first Knicks game on February twenty seventh. O for four, two for four, o for four, o for six against Miami, and then one for three against Chicago. That's it. So o for yeah. six, and it's like and it's like every time he put it up, I was like, it's not even close. And there were still like fifteen seconds in the shot clock. And he could have kicked it around. He's been so much better at it. And that's why I was getting frustrated. I'm like, dude, you are the leading MVP candidate, not because you, you know, turned into Larry Bird and or Ray Allen here just knocking down every three you hit or Steph yeah. Curry. Yeah. It's yeah. because you remembered that you shouldn't be relying on threes and you just got to go down low and just beat everybody up and just, you know, just man up anyone that wants to take you on. And get to the line and get you know n ones and three points the hard way, 
or you he's got that little turnaround that he does Dirk the Dirk S turnaround you know and he's like it's like I don't know if it's because he's tired I think part of it that's it but it's you know it's just weird because he starts doing it just when Harding gets here so it's, it's it's weird that that's when it started that it's like and I'm not saying it's like hard it has something to do with Harden I'm saying it's a weird correlation you would think he would have done it before Harden got here yeah he'd been so tired from like carrying everyone to like those 35 point games that like when before James was James Harden was here it literally looked like a struggle for him to get those like 35 and 15 and like three blocks and a steal and then the first couple games Harden was here, it was nothing. It was like he was just putting it up. Like, it, it was just another day in the park. Like, putting up 35 and 15 was him getting out of bed. Yeah, exactly. I think It's crazy. With that Miami game, I think he realized, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a little bit hungover. And mm. he enjoyed the Miami nightlife the, the night before. Um, they all were a little hungover on Sunday. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, <laughs> Especially they were. Niang, Niang and Maxi. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then without Harden playing because of injury management or whatever the Sixers labeled it, I think Embiid was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to try and see how this works, work on my three-point shot a little bit, kind of take this as a test game and go from there because he knows he's, he knows he's going to have to hit those come playoff time. Um, and I'm not overly concerned about it because it's still like it's Joel fucking Embiid. And maybe it's like the when Jimmy Butler first came to Philly and he was telling Embiid, shoot the fucking ball, like shoot it. Like there were those mic'd up segments where he was like, Joel, fucking shoot it. Like, that's okay. Um, maybe that's what Harden's doing. And if so, that's great. I'm fine with that because at least Harden's like taking leadership. Like it could be worse. Right. Going back to Harden's exit with Brooklyn. If I'm James Harden, I'm fucking pissed because Katie told me Ky- like he and I would form this three with Kyrie. Kyrie can't play half the games. And all of a sudden, I'm trying to play through injury. If I'm James Harden, I'm trying to play through a hamstring injury and Kyrie won't play in half the games because all of a sudden his fucking, you know, his vaccine status caught, knocks him out half the games. It's not, it's not a good experience. And all of a sudden it's not what probably KD was telling him it would be like. Um, and now I think he's just, he needed a change of scenery and it sucks that he had to force his way out or whatever, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, and no, you look like you're just like in the dark. <laughs> okay. The other light was like blinding me. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. At least I can see your, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's better. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I'm happy because it feels like he's found the right team to mentor while at the same time, not take all the offensive load. And so he's found that right balance to keep himself healthy and energized and focus mentally at the same time. Harden or Embiid? Harden, Harden. I think it's for both of them. It's like Harden, outside of the 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 one healthy year he had with Chris Paul before they hated each other. Yeah. Um, well, Embiid's probably like, thank God, someone else that can score twenty five on this it, team. It, exactly. It's it's they both had for the first time in forever because you know that I, Embiid is what I think Harden thought he was getting when How Dwight Howard signed with the. Rockets and 20 because remember that was a big deal yeah I, I forgot remember, about yeah I remember sit, that was 4th of July weekend 2013 and um um and I remember going out to dinner like it was like the day after the 4th of July and I remember like going out to dinner to celebrate because I got like a new job 
So I was like going out for like a celebratory dinner. And I remember sitting down to the restaurant and like it just flashing up on like ESPN. And it was just like the White Harden is is, is signing with White the Rockets. Harden. And I was like, Dwight Howard is signing <laughs> with the Rockets, like joining James Harden to create like a new super team, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, wow, this should be interesting. And I and you had to think like that's what he thought he was getting, right? Yeah. That that first year they were the five, four seed or five seed. Um, they lose in the first round to what was essentially Dame's coming out party. You remember yep. he hits that shot, that three-pointer, yep. right over yep. Chandler Parsons, outstretched hand, just drills it. Um, the next season with Howard, not even really part of the team, right? He was no, like, what he, were his stats in 2014-15? Um, hold on, let me pull them up. That's the year that they they the Clippers should have beat them. Blew the 3-1 series lead when Josh Smith went like scorched earth and like couldn't miss a three after they had basically like given up on the series. But I forget like Howard wasn't a part and, of that team, was he? In 2014 and 15, Dwight Howard averaged 15 points, 1.3 blocks. Um total rebounds, 10 and a half rebounds per game and 1.2 assists. Did he play in the playoffs? Uh, playoffs. Actually, game log. Actually, maybe not. Click on the year. He got injured or something, didn't he? He didn't. Yeah, he got injured for a long stretch. Um, between like January, he was inactive for like two months. Um, and then kind of slowly, slowly came back, and he played yeah he played throughout the entire playoffs but this was like the start of his like down like his like decline that was, yeah that was that was the start when people were like okay that dwight howard yeah like and him. think about that he was only averaging 15 and 10 and was being paid like a, you know like it's that's almost that's way that's more what he was doing back then is more egregious as or as egregious as what tobias harris is doing for us right now I, here's where I cut Tobias Harris some slack is that he never should have been paid like that. That's the problem. I, I agree. I, I don't think he ever should have been paid, but I like called him for he's taking playing, the money though. He's fucking playing defense. Like I was watching that game against mm-hmm. um the Cavs. I was watching the game against the Cavs and he was like, he was shuffling his feet. He was energized. He was focused. Like if it, it feels like Harden coming up steals the other night, didn't he? Yeah. And it feels like he he needs a fire under his ass, and that's exactly what this Harden trade did because people are doubting him as an offensive option, and maybe Doc's getting through to him this year or whatever. But you know, I'm, I'm excited. I liked it. I like seeing it. It was like Carmelo playing defense against Golden State a couple games ago. Here's my thing with T- Tobias. I like. I don't like. I love Tobias. Like he just seems like yeah. a. He seems like a good guy. Like he doesn't yeah. seem like he's coming into that locker room. Create, he's not a malcontent. He's not creating issues. He's not beating, pissing people off, any of that shit. It just bothers me that a like he he's another one. Like I I haven't seen him hit a fucking three pointer, and God knows how long. I mean, he probably hit one last game and I missed it. But I feel like he I haven't seen him make a three in forever, and that's fine. That the, the the problem is because that's not his game. Can he shoot threes? Yes, but his game is the the the. 18 to 20 feet like range game or yeah. the 15 to 18 foot like he needs to remember that he needs to remember that he gets he's got to 
work off the elbows and get to the mid-range game and drive to the hoop, back down lower lower or smaller guards when they get put on them or something like that. When he gets back to doing that and, and working that way, like even if they sit, like even if they have to sit him at one of the high posts and maybe facilitate some offense through him, like I'm talking about, yeah, maybe they do that. I don't know, but they got to find some way to make sure that he is in the mid range because that is where he that's where he succeeds. Instead of like he's not a catch and shoot guy, he's not a pull up three guy. He's not just hitting. He's got to be in that fifteen to eighteen foot range where he can drive up, he can work off the dribble, he can do cuts, he can do everything like that. And I don't and Doc should know that best out of anyone. That's what got him paid. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, of the, exactly. Because how Doc ran that offense or was running offense for him in LA with the Clippers. So I don't understand why they haven't tried to do that. But neither do I. You know, that's my my that my thing on Tobias. Like people like want to like be like fuck him like it's like no because it's not that like, like you know, like we said, with the money, you, you can't blame him. Any of us would have taken that money. It's oh not his God. fault that the Sixers were stupid enough to pay him that much. Yeah, and I I have a gut feeling deep down. You can mark this. March 9th, 10 p.m., Tobias Harris will hit a huge clutch shot in the playoffs when we don't expect him to that will mm-hmm. either win them a game or win them a series. I just have a feeling deep down he's got ice in his veins and he's going to step up when no one expects him to, and he's going to come in and just save this team one game at least. Not saying or, let's say I say tomorrow he has a good game. I think tomorrow will be the start of maybe let's get like hopefully Dude, he gets a little, uh, little roll. Let's say there, he goes for like I'd say like 18 and seven and like four. Let's uh, just something like yeah. that. Let's let's keep an eye on that. I say tomorrow maybe he's a little breakout game for Tobias. So mentioned it. Thursday night, Ben Simmons is homecoming oh, oh, oh. to the city of Philadelphia, even though he's going to be a little... ply sitting on the bench. <laughs> he's going to be a little bitch sitting on the bench. And according um, according to Kyle Newbeck, apologize if I mispronounce that, of Philly voice, Simmons and Clutch Sports are expected to file a grievance with the league to use Thursday's reception as possible evidence in an attempt to get back some money that he lost <laughs> in his contract dispute for skipping out on the team. If, because the this fans is what, treat him badly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tampon out. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Actually, I shouldn't say that because that's 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 like, sorry. I resend that comment. Just stop being a little schoolboy bitch, Simmons. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. There's a line like, I'm, I'm all, like, this city will be fair to you if you just hustle, you play your heart out, and you give it your all. Ben Simmons has done none of those three things, no. which is why we've hated him the most and we've tried to defend him. And then, and what way should you get? You literally have come out. Your representatives have come out and said, we don't care about the money. And now you're going to say, oh, well, the Sixers fans are going to be mean to me, so you should give me some money back? Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. You knew what you were giving up. It's your fault that you lost close to $20 million. Like, yeah, just, oh, my God. What a... We've gone from player and empowerment to too, player entitlement. Just, and here's the thing, too. I've long – I've said, you know, I've been annoying and it's like, you know, dude, really, this is why you're sitting out. There are those things that have been lurking in the background that haven't been talked about a lot where he there are there were these family issues and stuff that have been going on 
that I wasn't aware of at first until somebody else, my, one of my friends had told me about it and mm-hmm. like something with his sister and some, and like stuff like that. Yeah. And I thought, you know, like from what had been, he was being talked about. I was like, well, obviously I know cause I can tear our family apart and all this other stuff. Like, you know, something with like a p- potential, like, yeah, of, it, like, it can being, take uh, you off your game. It can take right. you off your game and it's a lot. And I hope that mind. none of that is true. Like it didn't happen to him. And that like whatever did happen, that it gets resolved and like any of that stuff, you know, minus that, you take that out of the equation. Like if that's the main reason, yeah, then come out and say it. But I don't think that's it. I honestly no. just think he he is just a little spoiled baby brat that has gotten all the attention his whole life because he fucking grew up in Australia where, yeah, so they love basketball in Australia. Absolutely. They're one of the few countries outside of America that has a pretty good following, you know? And if you look at all the Australian imports over the last 15, 20 years, there's been some really good players. Like Andrew Bogut is Australian. He was an number one fucking overall pick. You know, you got Matthew Delavadova, you got Patty Mills. Team you Australia know, gave guys. the U.S. team a run for their money in this past exactly. year's Olympics. You, you, past you got, most importantly, our boy Matisse. You know, there's who's really gelling with Harden. Like I really oh, like absolutely. He, oh my god, he's just he's and his offense, like even like his dribble drives and picking up a little bit too. But it's mm-hmm. like they know, like they know the game over there. But at the same time, it's like no one with Ben Simmons' athletic ability is like is there's nobody in Australia can come as close to him on the court anyway. Yeah. Don't like don't get me wrong. Like they probably have rugby players that are just as athletic and shit like that. Yeah, they got some big boys. And, that and, them also got some big but boys. you know what i mean like so like he's just like his whole life it's just been like he hasn't had to like go to like a fucking rucker park there's no rucker park in australia he ain't going down to the hard inner cities and treats of Mel- melbourne melbourne australia and fucking picking up a like a pickup game and having to prove himself and then he goes to montverde and even there it's like oh he's the man right yeah and so it's like um it's like he's never had to face – he's never been in the – like, he's never been – He's never faced big moments. Call it like it yes. is. Yes. Even when no, he was sorry. at – Sorry, like, I had a brain freeze there, yeah. so continue. But when he, he was at LSU, that team didn't make the tournament or didn't even make it past the first round. Right. And then he's just been proposed as this next LeBron James, which is lofty expectations. And even LeBron has surpassed expectations as the, the chosen one or whatever. Oh, that commercial and too. Like, yeah, that that actually is Sports that, Illustrated cover. Like, like it's all this shit. The chosen one, all of it. And Ben Ben Simmons thought that because the city would defend him for a couple of years, that he would just get all the stuff that was said that he would get promised to him, probably by agents, whatever. And the reality is that Ben Simmons did not. Ben Simmons very rarely showed his heart. He would not evolve or he would not evolve his game. He would not put time into his game to really develop and evolve as a player where, as you see, just to name the obvious legends, you you have the Kobe, LeBron, MJ, those guys all evolved their games to adapt as they got older to shoot more fadeaway jumpers and try and stretch their games out. Even Chris Paul now using that little elbow fadeaway jumper and not being as like reckless. As they were not John finished Moran products right by any means when they came in. LeBron couldn't shoot when he came into the league because yep. he knew he could use his, his athleticism, yep. no matter how all the accolades he got. But he worked on his game. I remember when that when that when all those articles were coming out and 
was on the cover and all that shit. And I remember when LeBron first got in the league, I couldn't stand him. And I was just like, I don't want him to succeed. I'm sick of ESPN and everyone blowing him out of the water. And I actually was like more of a Carmelo guy, which is funny because when Carmelo was in college, I hated him because he went to Syracuse. Yeah. Like I couldn't stand him. And and because I, I hate Syracuse Bayheim. And then he got into the league and I'm like, all right, well, he's out of there now. It's like when a Duke player leaves Duke, I'm like, cool. I can, be, <laughs> I can like JJ Redick now. And it's just like funny. And like, but like, you know, LeBron grew on me. It's just like, dude, you got to respect the guy. And then by, you know, what was that? His fourth year, fifth year? When he bounced was to it? Miami. He was 03, right? 03 was his draft. Yeah. He was, no, he was draft class of 04. No, 03. Dwight Howard was number one pick in 04. Was the 03, he? Yeah, the 03 draft class is the famous draft class. Yeah, because the um, Wayne Wade. I, why did was, I think Why did I think 04? Okay, Carmelo continue. won it. It was my freshman year. That's my freshman year of high school. So 03, 04, Damn, you 04, were old. Yeah, no, I am old. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, 2003 NBA. His fourth year, right? When he yeah. bounced? No, his fourth year when he took them to the finals against the Spurs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he single-handedly took down Detroit, who had been basically the Eastern Conference power for the last for the previous four or five seasons, including yeah. winning one title, having another one. In oh, yeah. Wasn't that the year he scored like 25? In like he scored like quarter. their last like 25 points in a row, yeah. I remember – that's another one. Like I just remember I was literally sitting in like my – in my dorm room, like common area, trying to finish like like it was towards the end of the semester because Drexel runs late, and I was yeah. finishing like an, like one of my last assignments for one of my classes, and I had this is before you could just stream everything, right? And um, I remember having they had like a TV, and I remember I had ESPN was on in the background, like mute it. We were like me and this other these other kids and all were watching it on mute, and I just had all my computers to see like what they were saying. And it was just like, that's 25 in a row by LeBron James. And, like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, there's no way the Pistons lose this game, right? And then, like, they lost it. I'm like, holy shit. Like, LeBron actually did it. And then, you know, probably the worst finals ever. Like, it was like, you know, he had to go and learn. But he yeah. got absolutely wild by the Spurs because it was him versus, you know, three legends in a dynasty. But 1v5, pretty much. Right. But and that's, the, the thing is. This is going to turn into a LeBron conversation. And, like. I thought about this as I was watching LeBron drop 56 against Golden State this past weekend. Like, I want to love LeBron so bad. I want to love him so bad as a guy that's like the closest thing that our generations have seen to Muhammad Ali as this guy that's an outspoken athlete and stands up for social justice causes and performs at such a high level compared to everyone else in his sport. But at the same right. time, he can make such bad statements that it's like you can't help but hate him. And he and he and makes it, it all like about he, himself too. Like that's he, he'll make thing. it all about himself. And then when something goes wrong, he doesn't he doesn't get held accountable for it. And exactly. A classic example of this right now with the whole Russell Westbrook situation, like supposedly there are rumors that clutch sports is mad with the Lakers front office for not trading Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. Even they had to have a sit down with Jeannie, Jeannie bus or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then clutch is mad. Clutch is mad that the Lakers won't trade Russ, but Russ is there for the very reason because clutch probably told the Lakers to trade for Russell Westbrook in the first place. A hundred percent. 
That's yeah. the whole thing. And that's what that's and Jeannie Buss was basically like, you told us to trade for him, and now you want to be mad. And that's where it gets me pissed with LeBron is like he thinks a team should always do by right by him and mortgage their future. And it's like, why should we keep giving away draft picks for years that you're not even gonna be here? Yeah. Oh, because I need to win. Like, that's the most selfish thing with him that pisses me off. It's like, like his last year in Cleveland, he apparently like threw a bitch fit that they didn't use that draft pick to get rid of him. And it was like, yeah. Or to get him like more help, like at that, on the trade that body goes. And it was like, yeah, but why would we get rid of it? LeBron, you're yeah, going to be gone. Like, and we need that to draft someone. And you knew that exactly. draft pick turned into Darius Garland. Yeah. And as much as I fucking hate Darius Garland for what he did to Vanderbilt, they need him right now, and he's turned into a he's turned into an all star. And this is a, Bill Simmons made a really good point on his podcast that this is the first time in his career that he's really been in this position where the team's like, "You're gonna retire at some point. Fuck off! Like we don't, we're not gonna mortgage half of our draft picks, which we, they, the Lakers are pretty much already done with the Anthony Davis trade, so they have no assets. Why would they trade more?" Just get John Wall or some other clutch client. And, and not to mention, it's like, it's, it's, it's not only that. It's just, it, like, he, it's, it's, they, they, they've mortgaged it. And then he basically hijacked fucking All-Star Weekend. Like, oh, well, everyone knows I want to play with Bronny. And it's like, cool, man. You don't get to decide that. And if you do, then fucking worry about that in four years when Bronny is going to be in the league. First of all, Bronny is only a junior right now. He is yeah. nowhere rated in the top 100 of prospects. He's the fourth best player on his high school team, which, granted, his high school team is one of the better high school teams in the country. They, the, the, the players that have come out of that school in the last five to ten years, especially the last five years, it's incredible at Sierra Academy. Not, it's you know, nuts. You know, it's, it's like nuts, the IMG you know? Academy of, like, the West it's, Coast. It's crazy. Like, the, the kind, didn't, didn't, isn't that where the, one of the ball – isn't that where the balls were at some point? They probably were there at some point. I thought they graduated from like Chino Hills. That's it, Chino Hills. Sorry, but yeah. Scotty Pippen Jr. went there. Um, Kenyon Martin Jr. Um, I mean, they're just and they're not even the best ones to come out of there. Didn't uh, what's his name? Uh, the kid on Duke isn't Paolo from there? Uh, Cassius Stanley. That's Zaire, it. Cassius Stanley. Zaire Williams. Scotty Zaire Pippen, Williams. Scotty Pippen Jr. Marvin Bagley. There you go. Um, Dwayne Washington. Uh, Zaire Wade. Even though I think Zaire Wade transferred. Um, oh, he's still there, isn't he? No, isn't he in the G League now? He is? Oh, he went straight to the G League. That's right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Let's let's get back to the wrap up this right. LeBron conversation. So that's – so, yeah. So it's like – it's just – I don't know, but it's like I guess the the you know how this all started is I was talking about Simmons and it's yeah. just like excuse me, all those guys at some point had to overcome adversity. You know, like LeBron from the time he was sixteen years old was just constantly shot like he if anybody could could have just folded up and been like, Oh, I'm sick of everyone looking at me. Hell, even after he like got to the league, made a name for himself and did everything else, he had to deal with the whole fucking tabloid storyline. Of his mom apparently having sex with one of his teammates, the, oh a teammate God. who was now literally living on the streets, like you know, giving blowjobs or crack. I forgot about like, that. Like, there's never been in like for so as annoying as LeBron is, 
he has done a lot of stuff too, where it's like you had to give him credit for how he's overcome it. And that goes for a lot of these people. Kobe had a lot of stuff when he came out too. And he had a, a lot of PR images. He always had to repair. And so it's like, after the fact, you know, obviously rest in peace. We all want to, you know, exonerate him and, and exalt and like give him all this praise. And we should, but like, it doesn't go without saying that Kobe wasn't always the easiest person to like. And that's whether you're a fellow NBA player, a yeah. fan, any of that stuff. He had some baggage. And that's all of these players, for the most part, they have some baggage. Even fucking Dirk, my favorite player ever. I love Dirk to death. Even he had to go through a scandal at one point. What was the scandal? That he, like, his ex-fiance, like, was, like, stealing or, like, was really, like, there was some weird shady shit where she wasn't, like, the real person or... it was it was some weird thing that was going yeah. on, like, and like some anti drugs. Yeah, no, she was she existed. Oh, she but she like I don't know if it was like drugs she got or there was something she did, and like I forget. Yeah, I can't remember, but it was like it was and it was right. It was like like right at the time when everyone was like, well, Dirk's never going to win a championship. It was like a really rough time that he went through for like a year or two, for like a summer or two. And then he like kind of came out of it and got the second win. And then, then, you know, right around then is when um, he met his now wife um, and went on to, you know, and then the 2011 team goes on and wins it all. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like when you're in the spotlight, I guess this is my long, this is my long one to say is when you're a celebrity or sports or an famous athlete, you're in the spotlight, you're going to have to overcome some adversity. And if, you can't handle something as little as I don't know. We'll have to look at Ben, see where Ben stands after this all season. When your coach says basically like you, he, you haven't shown us you can, you have can be a like a point guard for a championship winning team, and that's what makes you turtle up inside and 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 lose it. Then I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you're not you you're not ready to be anything at this point. And it just goes back to the LSU team. That team had players on it. It wasn't Ben Simmons and six scrubs. It was Ben Simmons and three kids who eventually were all SEC players. And four, five of them either got time in the league or had been in, on significant, have been in the G League or played overseas somewhere. Yeah. And just to kind of wrap this up, because we've been going on and on about yeah, sorry. Here. No, it's not your fault. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like Ben Simmons, go fuck off. Like, he wants to talk all this shit and get what he wants, but he's not going to play in the first game back. And if he thinks it's going to be any better when it's a playoff series and there's a conference finals berth on the line or an NBA finals berth on the line, you will be sadly mistaken, sir. And just know that this is even worse. Yeah, it's going to be even worse. And this game because the Nets right now are looking at possibly sliding into the 10 seed. So they're going to have to play in the playing tournament to get into the playoffs. And then um, they're going to play. Ideally, if they want to get to the finals, they're going to have to play all their games on the road or at least all game sevens on the road, at least. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is going to happen? Game seven in Philly of the Eastern Conference finals, assuming the Nets make it that far. Oh, my oh, Lord. Right. And not to mention, <laughs> you don't have the Ben stuff. It's all the shit that's going on with Kyrie, too. Why yeah. do you think Harden when it went out of there? And the, uh, like, the, I'm not trying to like give Harding a pass because, as I mentioned earlier, it's something that has bothered me the way he's kind of tanked his way out of two teams. 
But yeah. it's like, you know, the the reason, one of the main reasons he left is because of Kyrie. Yeah, I like, will say this, though. You know what annoys me is, like, I feel like no one ever gave a shit when he did it, that when Harden peace out of Houston. There was only a couple of people like, oh, it was wrong, it was wrong, it was wrong. And then they weren't really making us think about it when out the way he was handling Brooklyn. But now that he got traded to Philadelphia, all of a sudden it's like, oh, and he turns his way out of it. Oh, and I'm like, really? Because he fucking came to Philly, so now it's everyone's going to jump on him and give him shit? But yeah. you didn't care last year when he went to play with Kyrie and he went to Harden. They were gonna, they were buddies and forming a super team in Brooklyn. Oh, it's cool and it's hip. But fucking the second he becomes a Philly Philly sports, becomes part of a Philly sports team, it's like fucking rag him. Let's get on him, guys. It's fucking bullshit. I'm so sick of it. Like, get over it. We did the process. You know what? At least we did it with a cha- an aim so we could be a championship team. That's way better than whatever the fucking Sacramento Kings have been doing for the last 20 goddamn years. I don't think the Sacramento Kings have been intentionally doing the process. That's the most ironic part. They're not intentionally trying to do this. But that's what I'm saying. Like, they wouldn't give a shit. At least our goal was to eventually win. What's the Kings' goal? What the hell is the fucking Magic's goal? And right now, the Rockets are doing the same goddamn thing, and no one's giving them shit. I like watching the Rockets play. I'm not gonna lie. And granted, they're doing it like they're, they're, the young players are playing. But the reason that our guys that we drafted already we didn't get plays, they got hurt. And also because we made bad picks like fucking Michael Carter Williams and Jaleel Okafor <laughs> when we should have been taking different players. That yeah. said, like it's just annoying. Like get over it. Like we're not the only, we're not the first team to do it, and we're not going to be the last. And currently, there's at least four other teams that are doing it, and no one's giving them shit for it. Yeah, because they're not the Philly market. But anyway. Anyway, let's move on. Um, so, NFL, National Football League. Ugh. Ugh. So the national headlines f- in March, huh? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better than NFL offseason action. So, Russell Wilson goes to Denver. Uh, there was a lot of speculation in the past couple of offseasons whether he would be moved or not, um, and it's officially happened. Wilson's going to Denver in exchange for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, and four picks to Seattle. Seattle's also uh, released Bobby Wagner, which will clear $16.6 million in cap space for them. Aaron Rodgers announced he was coming to Green Bay, although the contract details are a little bit murky on how that fleshes out. Um, The Chargers signed Mike Williams to a three-year $60 million contract, but $40 million of that is guaranteed uh for those who may not know he had career highs in catches with 76 receptions and yards last season and his nine touchdowns were the most since 2018 and also calvin ridley uh tried getting in on the sports betting action uh (laughs) if you do not remember who calvin ridley is he was a wide receiver for the falcons who briefly like fake retired slash it was phrased as stepping away from the game like halfway through the season. Um, and the NFL released said that it would be suspending him for the entire upcoming season because he was uh, gambling supposedly on games. He said he bet only like 1500 or something like that. And that he doesn't have a gambling problem, which side note that tweet to me was like Jordan going on that Ahmad Rashad interview and was like, I don't have a gambling problem. I have a competition problem. <laughs> they gave me those vibes, um, but Sammy out of all and and so good. And I forgot about that quote. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the last dance. Um, and 
competition. Uh, Carson Wentz getting traded to the Washington Commanders for two third round picks, pretty much, which could turn into a second rounder if Wentz plays X percentage amount of snaps. I think it's like 70% according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. So, with all that being said, Timmy, what do you think will be the most impactful move? Because we got to bring it back to the birds, to the Eagles. What do you think will be the most impactful move for on the Eagles with the butterfly effect and all that shit? I would like it to be that we get uh, – well, outside of the fact that we're now guaranteed two wins against Washington again this year. <laughs> of course. Um, you better – the link will be rocking. Um, no, I would like it to think that maybe we bring in Bobby Wagner. I'm not saying that he's going to be like an all-star, but – He'd be a nice veteran piece, and it'd be nice to have an actual middle linebacker for once. Agreed. Um, especially if we somehow draft a, lot, a young linebacker in the first round this year to, like, bring him along. Um, Jordan Hicks also got released. And I know that's, like, people were like, who cares? But he um, actually – He had, like, 100, to, over 100 tackles Yeah, he was actually able like to go and rehabilitate his career a little bit. I mean, he was good for the Eagles when he was healthy. The problem is he was never healthy. Yeah, He actually exactly. was able to stay healthy in Arizona. Um, so I wouldn't mind taking a look at him if he's cheap enough to bring back for some, you know, hey, we can stay healthy and provide us some tackles and real linebacker play. So um, if, if if you're trying to fill that linebacker position, you have Bobby Wagner and Jordan Hicks on the table. They're both trying to get free agency deals or whatever, which you can only sign one player. Who do you think you're going to sign? Who do you think or who would I rather have? Who would you rather sign? Who do you, who would Bobby you Wagner. Okay, just throwing that out there. I'd rather have Bobby Wagner, but the problem is how much is it going to cost? And is he going to want to come here? Because I and can my, see he's probably already got something lined up where he's going to like a contender. That and his age. He's already 32, I believe, at this point, which for linebackers, you don't have like that much. 30, isn't he? I think he's 32. Well, let me double check that. Um, Hicks has got to be up there at this point. So Bobby Wagner's 31. He turns 32 in June. Uh, okay. And Jordan Hicks. I'm going to check Jordan Hicks right now. Jordan Hicks is not stacked. 29. 29. Jeez, he's already 29. Um, yeah. He'll be 30 would, in June. I mean, if I'm, the Eagles already don't have much cap space to work with. And you right. already got to think about those contract extensions with Devontae Smith, presumably, and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but that the, the Devontae Smith thing is down the line. I'm not, I'd be less, less worried about Jalen Hurts. Okay. I I was looking at him more from if I had those two guys, I would rather take Jordan Hicks because he'll be cheaper. True. Kind of like a, all right, let's pick up his waiver, like kind of take a flyer on him and see where that goes. Um, Technicality says Jordan Hicks. Yes. Yeah. Sir, yes, you're correct. Yeah. But Bobby Wagner, definitely not a bad option that the Eagles could look at. Um, you know, something that this defense hasn't had in a while. Exactly. And some of the some of the picks or the projections, because it's mock draft season, of course, already. Um, I believe Mel Kuyper's first edition of his big board, he had the Eagles selecting David Ojabo, Traylon Burks, and another linebacker that I don't remember exactly. Who's Ojabo? Uh, the pass rusher from Michigan. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, was it Nakobe Dean? Was he the linebacker? No. Sounds, it sounds right. No, it but... wasn't him because I remember he was going later. Because I've seen 
I've seen multiple. I've seen one that Sauce Gardner might follow to us. I've seen another one where if he's there, I'd love Derek Stingley. Yeah. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. At oh, some... like, yeah, I'd love one of the linebackers. Like, I'd love the Kobe Dean or – I mean, it could never happen, but I'd ultimately love for well, somehow something to like us maybe even if it only costs one pick for us to move up. Yeah. If we could get Kyle Hamilton, but it's never going to happen. But um, here's like, here's one interesting thing that I didn't really think about with the three draft picks. What if they just package them together, take advantage of this Seattle fire sale and somehow poach DK Metcalf. Yeah. But here's the thing, like, cause this is, and we are like, I was talking about this with my buddies. The other day, and like on our like fantasy league group chat, and like a couple of people were like all for like, oh, send send it. This is literally like five minutes after this conversation ended with them. Like Russell Wilson got traded. Yeah, I was like, send it, and I'm like, why? Oh, we'll have one of the most potent offenses, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, well our defense still sucks. Gannon still our defensive coordinator, so that's not helping. And <laughs> and I still don't trust what Sirianni's doing half the fucking time out there. And who says it's going to be one of the better offenses? Like Seattle had has one of the better receiving cores and three pretty solid running backs and Russell Wilson. And they still were fucking four and what? 13 last year. Or we, They're like seven and I mean? 10, seven and 10. They, oh, they ended up winning a bunch. Yeah. So at the end there, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's nothing against Russell Wilson. It's just like, I'd rather, and like, and like, what's that get you? If there's this off chance, he might be good enough. He might stay like at a superstar level for two to three years that, the rest of the team gets good or gets like continues to mature around him that like maybe in two, three years, we end up winning. We end up winning a, um, we win a championship. And then, but like the off chances, that's not going to happen. And then in three, three to four years, you're right back to square one and you don't have three first round picks to build, to build you. True. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I'd rather just take the picks, continue to get, to keep, continue to get young on both sides of the ball, rebuild the defense. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd love a cornerback or a slash pass rusher and a linebacker. And then if Traylon Burks is there with that last first-round pick, take him because I'd love him because I think he'd be the perfect – the biggest thing with Traylon Burks is that he, he needs to learn his route tree better. That's what everything I've ever read. And yeah. watching him in college, you can tell a lot of it, like he, it was an offense where route trees weren't – like you didn't, it was, it's, it's the old Baylor offense and every Baylor wide receiver that's come out and came out when the, the Bryles boys were there. A lot mm-hmm. of them never, not, not, none of them really panned out. Right. So yeah. that, that would be my biggest concern is that he, you know, he doesn't have the dedication to learn a route tree, but he's a physical specimen. He can beast anybody. You know, like uh, any like there was balls that they KJ Jefferson, whatever their quarterback was, would throw the mm. ball up at Arkansas, and he would just out jump and like just rip it away from three running D backs. He looked like Alshon Jeffrey in his prime in Chicago. Right, we, it was it was like about DK that. Metcalf out there. You know, he, he's just he's just out jumping everyone and ripping it away. He, we, we talked about it after that Ole Miss game. Um, <sighs> insane! This was at, insane. The two catches, those two catches he made back to back on the one drive. Like literally on the sideline, like on his hip, the the one, and then the next one just literally ripped it off of like the guy's helmet. Yeah, exactly. And I think I at first I was on the train of get DK Metcalf because that would be a huge help. But I see what you're saying now, where it's 
you know, you can develop around a young core and it's just going to be a lot of growing pains, but it could be, it'll be more beneficial in the long term, And then you at least develop with a, you know, organic roster. It's not like you're just trying to get together the super team, which we've seen with the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys are just trying to sign free agents and bandage that right. team together. And now they're probably going to be releasing Amari Cooper soon, which will be fucking crazy. But it's still, I, I I'm on your train of thought here. I'm I'm with and, you. And here's the thing: we have other pieces. We have Devontae Smith. We have what could become one of the best tight ends in the one of the three best tight ends in the league in Dallas Goddard. Right? Mm-hmm. I love yeah. Goddard. The drops need to stop, but I still love the ever living hell out of him. I, he's a beast. He needs to use more in the red zone. That said, Devontae Smith was great last year as a rookie. Has room to grow. I'm excited to see what we get out of get out of him. You know, you have a lot of complimentary receivers and Greg Ward's like a good slot guy. You know, other people that you 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 can bring along a little bit slowly. Um, I really liked the steps that um the hell's his name? The deep threat. Quez Watkins. Yeah, I liked I liked what Quez showed last year. He he needs to like this is probably his make or break year. Yeah. Get rid of fucking Rager. Get rid of our Sega Whiteside, you know, whatever. Get I don't know just how- toss him to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is the Kirk Cousins of wide receivers. I don't know how this man keeps finessing a roster spot. It makes Uh, no sense. Every time I see him on the the 53-man roster, I'm like, how is this happening? Why? It's insane. Um, You know, you got – you you drafted it, like, what is supposed to be the potential replacement for Fletcher Cox last year and um, the kid from L.A. from Louisiana Tech. Um, Uh, Malik Willis? Malik Williams? No, 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 no. Oh, Milton Williams. Milton Williams, yeah. Um, you Yikes. signed Josh Sweat. You're probably gonna let what's his name walk. Um, Randy Graham, he, uh, Derek Barnett, because he just uh, never lived up to it. So maybe you have to get a D end if if you need to, but you can probably get one of them in the second round. But that's why, yeah, that's why a lot of um, that's why what's his name, McShane Kuyper, McShane Kuyper, are predicting an Ojabo, right? And Which is I'm, fine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. I just think that we need. We need a better. We need another cornerback to go alongside Slay, and I. This team, we need a linebacker. We mm. desperately need a stud middle linebacker. We haven't had one in so goddamn long. It just I, I, like I'm like, and I'm not even talking about Trotter. Like I want a Seth Joiner. Like I want somebody like that. I want our own. Like in granted, like Seth Joiner is not this great. Like, but when he was on the Eagles, he was good with yeah. the rest of that defense. I want to one day say that we had our own version of fucking Ray Lewis or something. Or Mike Singletary. Yes. The Eagles have not had that fucking ever. And Chuck Ben Derrick was not like that guy. He was, I was about to say concrete Charlie, come on. Yeah. But he was more of like a rusher, you know, like he was guests. Yeah. He He was what he was too or whatever. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I want that guy, that guy that Derek Brooks just is your commander in the middle of the field, the patrol sideline, the sideline and just, Fuck shit up when you need him to. He just gets plays done when you need him to. And we, and for some reason, this organization is adverse to it. It's like herpes to this organization. <laughs> They're so fucking afraid to do it, and I don't know why. And they've had the chances over the last couple of years, and they just refused to pull the trigger. We could have had Jock last year, and he's not that guy, but he still would have been a start. We could have had a Wusakor Mower last year, and they didn't fucking do it, and it still yeah. pisses me off. Yeah. And if they're, if they're sitting there, and one of the big line, one of the 
stub like and Kobe Dean is there and they don't fucking take him and they draft some fucking guard or some another D tackle or somebody I, I'm gonna lose my mind. I just will. And I swear to God, if they even go near a running back in this draft when they don't need it, they they have a good bring back Howard for cheap. Start using Miles Sanders more. Hope he stays healthy and have Boston Scott. Like, yeah, you can take maybe a running back in the fifth round. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But it's proven you don't need a first round pick on running backs, and you don't need to pay them a lot of money. Just look at the the cap hell that the fucking cowgirls are in now because of Zeke. So, so that's my sh- wishes for the Eagles. McShay has uh, the Eagles selecting in order 15, 16, and 19. Mm-hmm. Eric Stingley Jr. out of LSU. Cornerback oh, my God, LSU. I would love it. I would love it. David Ojabo out of Michigan. And that would be fine with that in that case. If we get another corner, I'm okay with not getting a linebacker. you got to go corner. And 19 is Chris Olave, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. I'm fine with Olave. He's good, too. And yeah. he can run his routes. He can run the route, yeah. too. I just – I would love the that's the appeal of for me of DK Metcalf or Traylon Burks is that that big body wide receiver that you can just chuck. But Olave's big, out. right? Isn't he? He's yeah, he's pretty guy. big, but he's not. He's like six I, two, isn't he? Yeah, he's he, not jacked like them, but DK Metcalf. And if you want a big body wide receiver, like not that he'd be day one starter, but you can, we can you could probably get the kid from Notre Dame, Kevin Austin, in True. later rounds. And when he was finally healthy this year, he proved what a beast he could be. Yeah, he was. He was good this year, finally. You know, not that the combine is everything, and I hate people to live off it, but he had a really good combine, ran a 4-3-40, yeah. had a nice vertical leap. You know, he's a bigger guy, strong hands, you know, runs a decent route tree, all mm-hmm. that stuff. So, I like. and your original question was the butterfly effect, and I think the most important thing of this butterfly effect is that we hopefully keep our three draft picks in the yes. first round. Yeah. And I think, to me, that's the most – that right there – me everything all this bumbling and rambling i just did that is my end point is that from all these trades and everything that's happened though that's the most important butterfly effect butterfly effect is that we keep our three draft picks yeah i think this this is one of those the eagles are at the fork in the road where they either have to figure out are they going to trade those picks for some veterans so that they can maximize whatever championship window they've hallucinated themselves into believing that they have <laughs> or they think they have with Jalen Hurts which is was isn't actually a window <laughs> there's a sliver there's a sliver just a little bit for me um I bought myself in the I've lied myself into thinking of uh Jalen Hurts hoisting the Lombardi trophy at some point um <laughs> as a backup you mean no well Trent Dilford anyone can do it uh and or do you go the or kind of like what baseball teams do where you draft your prospects, you develop them for a couple of years, and then you kind of come up and you have these years where they're loyal to the fan base. And, um, but most importantly, they're cheap and they're homegrown talent that you haven't really needed to spend big money on yet, at least for the first couple of years of their careers. So that's where I'm like, it would be nice to just have three first round picks and take three swings at it and just to see who hits and who doesn't. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just like with this front office, anything can fucking happen. Like Howie. Yeah. Roseman it's like, could, you don't know like it's like what side of the bed is fucking Howie waking up on that day. I mean, so how would you feel about trading two of those picks to move up into the top 10 and get that corner out of Cincinnati's sauce Gardner? 
No, the only reason they're moving up in the top ten is to get Kyle Hamilton, and it will accept nothing else. Okay, that's well, the only fine. thing I want. They, not, what do we need a safety so, for? What do we need a safety for? He's not just a safety. You can move him anywhere. You can play him in the corner spot, and we need a safety. Who do we have a safety right now? We don't have any. Kayvon Wallace. Really? <laughs> I just wanted to say that for the Leroy Jenkins uh, <laughs> Leroy reference, but no, like it's. Uh, that's the only reason you do it. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, no, it's nothing against Sauce Gardner. I think Sauce Gardner is really good. And if he fell to us at one of those first two picks, I'd take him too if Stingley's not there. Mm-hmm. But apparently the, the consensus is that he's better. I think Stingley's better personally. And I, I yeah. dude, Stingley well, was a shutdown corner on that 2019 national championship team as yeah. a true freshman in the SEC. Yeah. He's a beast. Dude's an animal. Um, I mean – the fact that the Eagles can just take a cornerback in the first round in the first place, that's a win. Um, so True. Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay. A lot of uh, Stephen A. Smith clips flying around. Um, and Please, now all of a sudden. What did he have to say about it? Uh, <laughs> he's like, Aaron Rodgers, we know you're going back to Green Bay. So now what? You got your boy. <laughs> you got your boy Adams. Indubitably, you will have salary cap room. Now, what you gonna do? <laughs> you make all of these SAT words. It's like he, he would say something like that. When you're taking all of that into major consideration of this indubitable process. <laughs> You've been working on your Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, now, for years. So he just whispers into the microphone. Now what, Aaron Rodgers? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with this? Sounds like a really. Sounds... Anyway, Aaron Rodgers comes back to the Green Bay Packers. Now all of a sudden you're getting these first taken get up segments and undisputed segments where all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers' greatness is like coming into question because they need the clicks or whatever. And what do they mean by his greatness? People all of a sudden were arguing on television that the Packers shouldn't have kept Rodgers. Because of his lack of postseason success since the Super Bowl. He has a fucking championship. Since the Super Bowl, though. Since the Super Bowl. Okay, he's dragged shit teams to the conference game. Granted, he should have won at least one of them. But it's not his fault that the fucking kick recovery team couldn't recover an onside kick. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, he'd have another Super Bowl if it wasn't for that. What the, what other choice did the Packers have? Roll with Jordan Love as their starter for the entire season? Like, that would have been worse. And I think people are just – people are idiots. Like, there's no reason you should – Including us, by the way. Right. Like, we're not – but it's like, why Why would you – no. There's no reason they should get rid of them. If they would have got rid of them, they, they wouldn't have seen anywhere close to the amount of success they've had. Yeah, and I'm one of the least fav- like I I can't stand the bullshit he pulls, but he's a great performer on the field. He's yes, come up very. He's come up small in some circumstances, but there's other times like we said. You, it's not his fault that I think it was Richard Rodgers too couldn't couldn't catch the fucking onside kick that was right in his hand. Calvin Ridley suspended. Let's get to it. Yeah, Calvin Ridley suspended for the entire upcoming season. Uh, if you don't know, um, and. I, I'm not going to lie. My position was like, this is kind of bullshit. If he's already away from the team and like, I think that's completely fine. If he's like betting on games, like if he's away from the team for the rest of the season, 
Like, I didn't think there was anything wrong with this. But I don't know, Timmy. Can you convince me otherwise? No, because I'm with you. And I know I'm in the minority, but El Prez even said it too. Like, I went on and was like, this is like, so you were like, oh, it's in the handbook and it says you've got to respect the integrity. These are like all things like my friends are saying in our, like, our, our fantasy group chat the other day. And I'm just like, all right, here's where I'll stand. Pete Rose is, was wrong because he was literally betting on his team. Now, he wasn't throwing games. He was betting on his team. Okay, was the manager at that point? The Reds. Yeah, manager. So though. what is a full – what are the full details? Was he betting on the Falcons? Actually, it doesn't matter because he wasn't playing. That's that's my point. Is like he wasn't. Is, he 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 wasn't playing. Okay, he literally they make it they like they make it seem like oh because he's an NFL player and I get it. It's in the handbook. He shouldn't have done that. Should he have gotten slapped on the hand? Absolutely. Should he have done it? No. Don't I think it's stupid that you can't bet on the NFL as long as it's not the game you're playing in or you have no effect over that game, especially when you're not even playing. Yeah, it's it's absolutely bullshit. It's absolutely insane for me to think of Ezekiel Elliott and have having multiple instances. Yeah, having multiple instances of sexual abuse or sexual assault and some type of like abuse, and he only gets like six games max. But because Calvin Ridley plays some bets on like a betting app, that he misses an entire season. The only people that have really been suspended or kicked out of the league for a season or more have been, at least that I know or remember, were Ray Rice and Greg Hardy. The The NFL has no integrity. It's just whoever thinks that is insane. Absolutely fucking insane. Like, how does Goodell still have a job? Because the, he makes money for the here. owners. That's why. No. You fucking come. I know, I know. But I'm saying, no, if it comes out and it's like, Actually, he was like in deep with the mob or something like that. Like, I get it. Yeah. If you're just gonna tell me this is all it is and nothing else ever comes out about it, preposterous. <laughs> it's so insane that a guy with sports gambling pretty much legal, that a guy that steps away from the team is just sitting on his couch and is gets a good line in the middle of a game, says, you know what, I'll take this bet, and he's just sitting on his couch, and he loses an entire year on a contract or a paycheck. On top of the fact that not only is it legal, Matt, but the NFL now advertises the fucking living shit out of it. You watch Red Zone. You watch the games. You watch this. It's, you know, this this sporting app, this betting app, this betting app, anything, every fucking sport, every every major, um, like, sport, has some sort of tie-in now with it. Yeah. 15, 10, 15 years ago, it was taboo. You had a bookie. Everyone knew it. Over the last five years, it has become so accepted and regulated. But now you're telling me that even though you as a league promote it, where's the hypocrisy in that? Oh, we can promote it and make money off of it, but you lay down a bet when you're not playing don't and you have no say over the game whatsoever and you're gone for a year? Fuck out of here. That's yeah. so stupid. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe on all our audio platforms. Check out our YouTube page as well. Uh, Going to be posting more clips there. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace.